Hi, I'm Felicity and welcome to We Are YA The Check-In, a weekday chat with young adult authors. We're checking in and seeing how your favourite YA authors are doing at home during this very unique time and, of course, talking about their books. My guest today is Jenny Torres-Sanchez. She's a full-time writer and former English teacher. She was born in Brooklyn, New York, but has lived on the border of the two worlds her whole life. She lives in Orlando, Florida with her husband and children. She's the author of critically, YA, critically acclaimed, I should say, YA novels, including The Fall of Innocence, Because of the Sun, and the upcoming We Are Not From Here, which Kirkus already heralds as a brutally honest, not-to-be-missed-narrative, gripping, heart-wrenching and thrilling. Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, it's thrilling to speak to you. In terms of where you are right now, are you in Florida still? Yes, uh, I'm in Orlando, Florida. And, okay. Mm-hmm. And how's it, how's it down there in terms of the community's reaction to this stay-at-home situation? I know it's a little different in Florida. Um, well, right where I live, it seems like things are, are okay, thankfully. The community seems to be doing all right. Um, when I ventured out to the grocery store, people are wearing masks and keeping their oh, distance. Good. Yeah, so it, that's good to see. Yeah, yeah, you kind of want everyone to just like, come on, everybody, we can do this together. Right, right. (laughs) Well, your book, We Are Not From Here, is coming out in about three weeks, I want to say, two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. And it is just raking in fantastic review after fantastic review. For people who haven't heard anything about this book, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, So We Are Not From Here follows uh, three Guatemalan teenagers as they flee from their hometown of Puerto Barrios. Their lives are in danger, so they decide to escape to the United States for safety. Um, They have to trek across Guatemala to get to the Mexican border, where they hope to eventually get on a train that there that is known as La Bestia um, that will take them to the United States and Mexican border. And mm. La Bestia is a series of, of, it's not just one train, it's a series of several trains and, uh, cargo trains that run through Mexico, and it's horrifically dangerous to ride on these trains. Uh, migrants ride on top, they hold on to anything that they can, but they're really very much at a risk of falling onto the tracks at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even more dangerous the exhaustion that they must mm. feel in making this trip. Um, but this is how my characters in the story um, decide to, you know, try to get to the United States because they are very poor and La Bestia is really like the only means, um, their only means and their only hope. So um, mm. my, my characters are Pulga, Pequeña and Chico and um, their names actually mean small in some way um, in Spanish. And I did that because it's very natural and actually very common in the Latinx community to have nicknames. Mm-hmm. And also because small is very much how these characters feel in the world. Um, it's also how the world often sees and treats migrants, like mm. they're too small to matter. So my characters don't necessarily view themselves in that way. Each of them knows that they're worthy of dreams and that they're worthy of living, but they also know that the world doesn't see or treat them that way. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, I hate, sorry, I hate, I hate using the term, rip from the headlines when we talk about a book like this because it actually feels really weird and wrong and diminishes the, the care that you've taken with this book. 
But this story is something we're very much seeing in, in this country and hearing about more every day, sadly. Mm-hmm. Does that affect your writing process at all? Oh, it definitely did. It definitely did with this book. Um, the whole reason that I started writing this story is because when I first heard news about migrant children making this dangerous journey alone, it deeply, deeply affected me. I felt Mm -hmm. um, anger and so much pain, especially being the daughter of Central American immigrants and knowing my parents' own struggles coming to the United States and the struggles of so many of my family members. Um, And also being a mother, my children, you know, they're, they're Guatemalan Salvadorian on my side and Mexican on my husband's side. And I couldn't help but also think of them every time I heard about children at the border. So, Mm. yeah, there was a lot of emotion as I wrote this book, um, especially as more news of what was happening to migrant children, how they were being treated um, and continue to be treated, became known to the public. So I felt Mm. a deep sense of responsibility to make sure I told this story, to make to make sure I told it with care Mm. and also with honesty, you know, to not shy away from from the difficult truths of it. So, mm. so all of that was really in my mind as I wrote and, and honestly, it sometimes like paralyzed me because mm. I wanted to do right by this story. So it made it really difficult to write, but it also pushed me on and it made me work harder because it was so important to me that the world know that children like Pulga, Pequeña and Chico exist. And mm. it's important that the world knows their story. So, yeah. yeah. So this book is really my way of bearing witness to what's been happening for many years now. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like at some point people will deny or downplay what happened to migrant Mm. children and they'll want to forget. Mm. And I want to do what I can to ensure that that doesn't happen because, you know, children were an incredible danger and they really did risk their lives to seek safety. And our country and our government really did turn their back on them and treat Mm. them cruelly and inhumanely. So Um, And, you know, it continues to happen. So this is just like me putting that out there and making sure that people know about it. Yeah, and I think what you do so well in it is it's a story that we're hearing about more, but this is what you do in the book is let us know about these people and know who they are Mm -hmm. and what, what what this is like for them as opposed to just hearing the stats and the headlines and the... You give us the emotion and the connection to that. Was that like was that a difficult thing in terms of your own emotional investment in this, knowing that this is such a, a brutal at times story? Um, it was difficult in that it, it is a, a brutal story, but it wasn't difficult in that it's a very personal story to me, and mm. um, you know I truly, um, you know, feel that that community is my community and my family. And um, I just wanted to, to tell that story as best as I could. So. Mm. Oh, you do it beautifully. Thank it's you. so well done. Was the research process a little different for this? Because you've written before and you've written historical fiction um, or like sort of recent-ish historical right. fiction. Mm-hmm. What was this? Cause this is very current. Is, is that, does that change how you can access information? Well, the, the research was kind of the same thing. It was difficult at times and, and, and not at other times, you know, because mm. I didn't ride La Bestia. It's, a, it's an incredibly dangerous journey. And, and I, mm. you know, didn't do that and, and didn't want to do that being, you know, a mother um, and having my children. <laughs> so uh, what I did was I read a lot of books about Central American history um, because mm-hmm. I really wanted to have a, a good grasp. And I think it's important to have an understanding of where um, the story really starts, you know, and 
the problems that we see in Central America today and the reason that people are leaving aren't things that happened overnight. You know, it's decades mm. of oppression and corruption. And it's often at the hands of the U.S. government that really caused problems that, you know, left citizens, citizens vulnerable. Um, so I did read, you know, and kind of refresh um, on Central American history. And I also read books by Oscar Martinez, who's a Salvadoran journalist. Um, who mm -hmm. has written La Bestia numerous times um, to wow. report this accurately. And he's reported extensively on the violence, the violence that sends many migrants fleeing. Um, mm. And then there's a book by Valeria Lusueli that it's called mm -hmm. Tell Me How It Ends. And um, the book is basically she interviewed uh, migrant children fleeing from Central America, um, was doing kind of like the intake interview. And so in mm -hmm. the book, she recounts what the children have been through. And it's like super heartbreaking and super powerful. And um, I really think that that's a book that everyone should read. Um, mm. And so, you know, I kind of did that research, that that bookish research. But I've also grown up hearing the stories of my family and people close to me about their journeys to the United States and the experience of leaving everything behind. And their stories are different from one another. You know, some left decades ago, some more recently, some in more dangerous circumstances, um, some, you know, even having been detained. But the stories are all the same in that there's fear and hope and loss in all of them, you know, for different reasons. Mm. So mm -hmm. I carry that in my heart and I put that in my book. Um, and I've also gone to Puerto Barrios many times throughout my life because it's where my mother's actually from, and that's where the story takes place. Um, mm -hmm. And much of my family still lives there. So I'm familiar with where Pulga, Chico, and Pequeña live. And actually, in my head, they live in the houses of my family in Guatemala. <laughs> so, so I guess you could say all of that is research that I've kind of been doing my whole yeah. life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. Your family members will be like, that's ours. That's yes. ours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I, I guess my next question, the book isn't out yet, but it's so soon. What are you most excited to hear from readers about when they read this book? Oh, I just really want to know that they connected with these characters. I'm interested in hearing that, that, you know, Pulga, Pequeña and Chico really stayed with them and that they mm -hmm. can't stop thinking about them because I think, that's the power of books, you know, and, and I think that that kind of power is what can help lead to action and change and empathy and understanding. So, so that's really what, what I want my book to do. Yeah, no, and it absolutely does. And I think, I think your readers, your inbox will be full from readers talking to you about these characters. Thank you. They, they, they stay with you for sure. Well, we do have some questions from fans. We put out the call that you're going to be a guest on the show and fans gave us some of their questions. So I've narrowed it down and picked a few of my favourites. Um, this, this first question is from Critter underscore memes on Instagram DMs. And they wanted to know, and I really like this question because what was your favourite part about writing this book? Um. My favorite part, well, it was definitely a difficult and emotional book to write. So I, I kind of feel like I was in this bubble the whole time um, that I wrote it. But, but really kind of getting to the heart of the story was my favorite part. Mm -hmm. Because when it came to me, it came to me in like a lot of fragmented pieces. And there were a lot of other voices besides Pulka, Pequeña, and Chico's voice. Um, that came to me in this story as well. And initially, I kind of was like putting all of that in there, you know, because I really felt like I needed to uh, explain every aspect 
of a story like this um, and, and the different people who are affected by by what's going on and, and migration and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, that, that kind of overloaded the story. And so I have a really, really wonderful editor named Liza Kaplan. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she really kind of helped me see through that and work through that and kind of keep me focused and and help me find the the heart of the story and I think that even though that was the most difficult part it was also my favorite part because it just it it came together you know and it and it helped Mm -hmm. to focus on on the characters that that I really wanted to focus on and, and handle their story with with you know with tenderness and with love. Yeah. Well, I think it's a wonderful point too about the relationship that you have with your editor in terms of them helping you find sort of, you know, the forest for the trees yes, as it were. Absolutely. But also, and also is there for any aspiring writers out there, is there something, I think because so many people think that once they've finished the book, it's mm-hmm. done, but you know, it's almost just mm-hmm. the beginning. How do, how do you deal with, especially for a book that, as you said, is quite personal to you. How do you deal with that conversation? Um, you know, I've worked with Liza. This is the second book that we work on together. We worked on together and I just, I really trust her. And, you know, I think she really has so much respect for my writing and so much trust in me as a writer as well. And so it's been a very easy relationship between us. So um, I think that trust has been key, you know, in an editor and author relationship and just knowing that she's really trying to help me tell this story in the best way possible. Mm. No, I think trust is the exact word Mm -hmm. that it is. And Liza, Liza is a person who is very Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, this next question comes from Mel's underscore view. And she wants to know, is, is there a book that you read that inspired you to be an author? Um, not, a, not a book, but a short story, actually. And it's um, All Summer in a Day by Ray Bradbury. And mm. I absolutely fell in love with that story when I was, I believe it was sixth grade. And we read it in my English class. And, um, you know, I, I did have a love for books already and story, but that story just hit me and, and just hit me, just made such an impression on me. Mm. And um, it's kind of, it's a rather dark story, but, you know, it's, it's about a girl who's a, a, an outsider and that really resonated with me. So um, All, All Summer in a Day by Ray Bradbury and if actually you know with this pandemic and all of us staying at home it's actually a a a really timely story to read under these circumstances yeah well speaking of staying at home and and surviving these circumstances and kind of looking for um you know entertainment and art to help you through what are some of the recommendations you've got for people for say let's book let's do book recommendations Mm -hmm. first what should people be reading to pass um, the time? I read an MG by um, Ernesto Cisneros called Efren Divided. Mm-hmm. And it is um, a wonderful book about, you know, um, a boy who whose mother um, gets deported. And so that is a recent book that I've read that I think everybody should read. Um, I'm also reading some poetry from, um, it's mm-hmm. called Latinx, and it's edited by... Felicia Chavez and Jose Olivares and William Perdomo. Um, and it's a really beautiful book too. It's got this bright pink cover. Um, so that's a great book mm-hmm. to read. Um, and 
let's see. Also, I love The Grief Keeper by Alexandra Villasante. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah, that's like that's a, that's an underrated book that I think more people should should read and find and discover and love. I think so everybody good. should read it. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and like a very mm. um it's it's a story immigration and migrants but it's it's a very it's done in a very really different kind of way that makes it really fresh mm-hmm. and and just wonderful so yeah 100 percent. all right well when we're not diving headfirst into a book sometimes we like to we do other things do you have tv shows that you've been binging or watching um not a whole lot of television actually my three kids are at home so even when I sit down oh. to like try to watch a TV show, <laughs> it doesn't really happen. Um, so we've, you know, we've kind of been doing things together. I, I love to oh, paint. Good. I'm not a very good painter and almost everything that I paint is only like three quarters of the way done. Um, but that's, that's something <laughs> I've been doing and, and I've been able to share in doing that with them. So. I think that's beautiful though, too. I think it's sort of sometimes, you know, doing things that you can all do together and it doesn't right. have to be good at it. Right. That's the thing. Like we, I think everyone keeps talking about coming out of quarantine with a, with a skill. I'm like, why can't we just come out, ha- you know, surviving? Happy right. that we've done Something nice that, thing. you know, kind of takes us away from, from, you know, what's going on and we can escape into a little bit. And um, while writing is that for me, most of the time, it's also, you know, my job and, and the thing that I am trying to perfect at all times. And so I really love doing this other type of art where it doesn't have to be perfect. And I know it's not going to be, and, mm. you know, it's, it's fun <laughs> for me. So No, edit, no editors checking that, pa- that, that painting and going, exactly, oh, exactly. <laughs> Do you listen to any podcasts to pass the time? Um, as I well? do. One favorite because I also love poetry is um, a podcast by Carrie Fountain, um, and mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. It's... I think it's called "This Is This yes, Is Just that's to the Say." One. Is that the that's one? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really wonderful. So I enjoy listening to um, people talk about poetry and and read poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I love that because poetry is such a like a. I always feel we just have yeah, calm. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I would feel calm. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today on We Are thank Way you. to Check In. It was lovely. And Jenny Torres Sanchez's novel We Are Not From Here is out May nineteen and available for pre order from all bookstores. If you're at home, it's also available for pre order in both ebook and audio on your favorite platforms. You can follow Jenny on both Twitter and Instagram. Tomorrow, James returns for our very last episode of The Check-In this season and talks with Jesse from Bowties and Books about their vlog and the YA community. We'll see you tomorrow.